Hello, this is Hope, and you're listening to Covert Castaway. Welcome to my weekly diary of what I learn and how I cope with transitioning to life as a liveaboard cruiser. I am a few days late on this week's podcast because honestly, I'm completely overwhelmed. Trying to pull all the administrative aspects of this boat plan together is starting to feel like a second job. So this is what I want to talk about today. All the unexpected administrative details and the feelings of being overwhelmed and everything that needs attention when preparing this kind of transition. My life is chaos right now, honestly. I happen to also have a doctor's appointment this week and no kidding, my blood pressure was really high. This is actually a bit scary because if you've been listening to my podcast, I'm someone who has a ton of bandwidth and tend to be both ambitious and productive when I take a lot of things on at once. I love change. I love chaos, actually. But right now, I've got way too many things going on. It might have to do with my recent weeks having a medical surgery. I'm fine. Nothing to see here. All is good. But I've also had a couple major international business trips, one to India, which was pretty cool. I've had some major, major work-related things going on on a couple professional things I have. And, um, oh, we decided to buy a rental property. I know, plot twist. Anyway, lots going on. Aside from all that, let's talk about sailing. All this suddenly got real a couple weeks ago when we had a call with our broker who confirmed our boat delivery date, which right now is mid-February, which is like in five minutes. We're really excited and we're also given our whole number and my husband and I started to honestly freak out. It just became so real. So after that, we pretty much quit binging on YouTube videos, which we like to call boat porn. And I immediately ordered one of those dry erase wall calendars, you know, so you could write on it and erase stuff. And I wanted to use it so we could get ourselves organized with a better view of a timeline instead of going on and off a Trello. And we started capturing more to-do items on post-its that are spread all over our little house and our home office and up and down our hallway. Here's the most pressing items that clutter our walls right now. Registration and flagging. After months of gyrations about whether or not we wanted a U.S. flag on our boat, for obvious reasons that are outside the scope of this podcast, we decided to stick to U.S. flagging for now and call it a day. Why would a U.S. citizen consider a different flag? Well, we have no intention of ever bringing the boat back to the U.S., since the whole idea is to sail foreign waters and discover the world. The other reason we discussed flagging it separately is initially we were exploring the potential plan to offer crew charters from our boat, something we might want to do later and we didn't want to lock ourselves out of. There's a whole galaxy of items to think through on this front. Um, where you get a skipper's license, and my husband already had one through RYA, so that's a non-U.S. certification. This means your boat would be flagged outside the U.S. since the boat's rules follow the flag it's under. This would also require commercial yacht certification and inspection criteria and all of this stuff, which means it's not mandatory compliance, but if something went wrong or somebody got hurt, there may be problems if you didn't show that you were compliant. 
then there are all these guidelines about where you could go or where you could or couldn't operate and who you could or couldn't pick up where, which we could never fully nail down. Honestly, the whole thing is super convoluted. And the current laws and international treaties were written for boating that existed back in the dark ages when people were trading spices and rum. And it doesn't fully apply to how cruisers actually want to operate their boat legally in practice. Not to mention all the fees that go along with annual inspections, registrations, and things that just seem ridiculous, like getting a boat initially surveyed. Dude, it's like a brand new boat. Commercial classifications you know, for the boats and and the skipper and getting the boat set up for commercial regs and it goes on and on. So backing all this out, you would be running a non-U.S. charter operation, but then you'd need to file taxes as a U.S. business and by some wacky loophole, you can't claim it as a U.S. business if the boat had a non-U.S. flag, which to this day doesn't seem to really make sense as long as the business was U.S. business. But anyway, The whole adventure down this rabbit hole involved countless hours and research and calls with attorneys and tax people, which, P.S., not my favorite way to spend my time. I finally had a heart-to-heart with my husband and explained that this whole goal was to have more freedom, and the more we started digging into this option, the farther away that goal started to feel. So I drew a line. If we needed an additional source of income while we were on the boat, I would just have to do a couple consulting gigs and call it a day. Okay, so now that we got the whole boat as a business out of our system, there are other interesting options for flagging in different countries with various pros and cons and stigmas. We explored the idea of the Cayman Island flag, mostly because the thought of it made me feel much more yachty and glamorous. But all vanity aside, we couldn't justify the cost involved and the legal complexity that goes along with it. We did hire attorneys to tell us what it meant, which was pretty much the same that we were told from this Cayman boat registration office by this lovely lady named Natasha. We also explored Jersey, but at the end of the day, we landed back with the U.S. flag and the U.S. Coast Guard documentation, exactly where it all started in the first place. By the way, there are two ways to register your boat. Attach it to a state or just have it as U.S. Coast Guard documented for offshore. If you register with a state, state laws and use taxes are applied. U.S. Coast Guard, you're documented as a U.S. boat, but once in U.S. waters over a certain period of time in one place, say 90 days, you have to register with that state if you intend to stay there. Though it's not super clear to me who goes around and checks and like how they would check. Like with your car, a parking enforcement person comes around and marks your tire to see if you've moved or not. So I'm not quite sure what the process is for monitoring that with a boat. Not like we intend to do that, but it just makes you wonder. Anyway, all that said, U.S. Coast Guard documentation runs you about $500 for five years. If you want it under an LLC, that costs a bit more. Costs vary for LLCs. Obviously, you can look those up online, but a couple hundred bucks a year, unless you need an agent for whatever state you're doing it in, then that's another few hundred dollars. And if you opt to need a EIN tax ID number, which I still don't understand why you would need it, They have you pay franchise taxes on the LLC, and that's another couple hundred dollars. And you can opt to hire an attorney to do all of this if you ever want to every year, and it's roughly, I don't know, a couple thousand bucks a year, give or take. Insurance is another topic taking up our time. I'm going to save this for a future podcast because we're just starting down this path. Suffice it to say, there's 
the direct contact with the insurance companies, or you can go through a broker. But if you're sailing, say in the med, you may have a broker in the UK who doesn't want to be a broker if you move over to the Caribbean. Then when you switch, maybe the turns change. So we're just trying to get our arms around all this, and I'll make sure to cover that in a future podcast. Let's see the other thing, getting estimates to move. Our initial plan was to just pack up as many suitcases as we could and take them with us on the airplane and pay the 50 bucks or whatever for the overage. But I'm trying to think this through practically speaking. Here's how France works. You get off the plane in Charles de Gaulle and you have to either figure out how to get a rent a car or take a high-speed train to La Rochelle. As an American, it sounds pretty simple. You just rent a Ford Explorer and shove your bags in the back and return the car at the nearest national rent-a-car in La Rochelle, right? Yeah, that's not really how it works. First, in France, the cars are tiny, like puny, by U.S. standards. And even if you rent a big one, you run the risk of it not really actually being there the way you ordered it and maybe not able to even do a one-way trip. France just operates differently. And there's a pretty high chance someone in the logistics department one day just decides that with two people, they don't think you really need a big car. It's just how they roll. On the other hand, at the train station, how do two people get eight suitcases anywhere in time and settled on a train? For anyone who has used the French rail system, it's super awesome and convenient and cheap if you're traveling with one suitcase and a backpack. France is also not as generous with their escalators as in the U.S. because people are used to taking the stairs more and the elevators you can barely fit three people into. So I reached out to a bunch of shipping and moving companies to get quotes. You can get a container, which is like $5,000, and overkill for what we want to move, too, which is a problem. You can move boxes or you can ship a crate. For a dozen or so boxes, the range is about $2,000 US dollars and is expensive, but goes door to port in our case. However, when we started breaking down what we were actually moving, the cost is a wash from buying things new on the other side. For example, you decide you want to take some clothes and you maybe then go to Target or whatever and buy plastic cups and bedding and everything else and you check out and you've spent $2,000 you could have done the same thing in France at Supercar 4 and Ikea for the same amount of money on the other side and not have broken your back to carry it or spend the money to ship it. We have friends who swear by getting a container, buying everything you need here in the U.S. and shipping it over. One you will hear from in a future episode uh, on a special interview. But the jury is out for us on that one. Okay, let's see what else. Deciding on life insurance. The boat sinks and we both die. Who cares for the kids? Well, our kids are adults now, so there's that. Or one of us dies or vanishes for whatever reason. And the other person, aside from being totally bummed, is left with a boat and a need to sort of start a new life and grief to deal with. Okay, this is not a topic that inspires joy, so I'm moving on. Finalizing our commissioning list. We have the orders in, of course, for the manufacturer and the commissioning agent. But there's a bunch of things still left out to figure out. For example, life raft, line extra rigging, blocks and tackle, life vest for guests, radar deflector, barometer, hand tools, hoses, flag post, mooring lines, rescue sling, buoys, wooden plugs, anchor ball, foghorn, boat hook, jack lines, shackles, sail repair stuff, vulcanizing tape, buckets, splicing kits, winch grease, cycloflex, which I think I have a feeling I will be chummy with in my future. Funnels, jerry cans, and oh, you can't imagine the different fender options there are, or fender covers, if that's your thing. 
And finally, the tender and the outboard motor, probably one of the most hotly discussed topics in our household. Next item we're tying off on is really medical matters and the medical plan and safety training. So I still need to get my antibody test that basically tests your blood and gets your record of what you've already been immunized for. I mean, who has a record of that just like lying around? Apparently, it's good to have. So when you enter countries and they ask you for certain kind of immunizations or shots or whatever, you have some kind of record. Unless you're French, like my husband. They keep a record of it for you, which is actually a really cool and convenient thing. Seems like an efficient use of tax money, if you ask me. I covered medical matters in a previous episode, but there's some loose ends. Like, did you know that you could get a series of shots to prevent shingles? I mean, really? Anyone I know who's had them, it's like the worst thing ever. So I'm putting that on my list. And it's like three shots or something. Finally, scheduling some final courses we've been putting off. No lie, the exercise of scheduling these classes alone are hours I will never get back. I sound like I'm complaining. Well, I am complaining. It took forever. Do you take the three-day offshore medical course that's a thousand bucks and requires you to fly across the country? which really makes it five or six days by the time you're done and more money to fly and do hotels and stuff. It seems pretty basic, but it seems more specific because it's specific to sailing. Or do you take the 10-day wilderness first responder course that's the same cost, but looks way more useful. It's also in the state, but takes more time. After much hemming and hawing, we chose the latter. We opted for doing one in Mammoth Lakes, which is a five to six hour drive for us, but the dates were better for our work schedules and life events. We were thinking about taking a course in Marin County from where we are in the Bay Area. That would require us driving back and forth through San Francisco every day, which is a crapshoot. It could be an hour, it could be five, one way. We just didn't know. Or you can stay in a hotel in San Francisco and go broke doing it. San Diego would have been cool. That would have been a good option, but it's a flight and then it requires us to camp. So number one, we'd need to rent a car from the airport and then drive another three hours into the woods. And number two, we just downsized and sold all our camping gear in the garage sale. To figure all this out, we had to cross-reference about 20 different websites to find the right information on this um, medical course. So it took quite a bit of time and details and debating all the logistics. Then we turned to fitting in the sea survival course, which was another two-day adventure. We booked, we paid, we checked it off the list, and we put it on the whiteboard calendar. So those two courses now we're completely signed up for. Okay, so cutting back to something I said in the beginning. We're also in the inspection process on a house we made an offer on. This has been on my radar and part of the financial plan for a while. But with the state of the economy, we were going back and forth whether or not we wanted to pull the trigger or wait until the economy melts down, which pretty much should be any day now. Turns out we found a place that we loved as a vacation rental and as a home base. And all the math worked out, so we just decided to get it done. Like any big decision like this, I've been tossing and turning over it, doing the math over and over this way and that way. But in the end, I just have to trust myself. And the good news is my intuition on this feels pretty good too. So I'm I'm stoked actually. I'm really excited to set up a little rental experience for people. It's something new and I'm learning a bunch about occupancy permits and fire inspections. But I had to mandate a new post-it note ordering system on my wall. All rental property things are in blue. All the boat things are in orange, yellow, and pink. On the work front, I can't really share much about this. And yes, this is an anonymous podcast. 
So I'm being anonymous in an anonymous podcast. But for my friends who are listening, I can only say that my workload has just doubled and I've just got a lot going on on a couple advisory things and it's all coming at ahead at the same time. So top it off, we had this bright idea to book a vacation to Hawaii over Thanksgiving break, which sounds really good in theory, like three months ago. But now it just totally stresses me out. The wisdom of my years reminds me that it's the right thing to do. The goal is to make some memories with my husband's daughter before she hits graduation. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be really great once we get there in a week or so. But as things turned out, I'll be meeting them there since I need to squeeze in a quick trip to Australia for a board meeting. After we get back, I roll into a week-long summit for work, then two to three days of crazy nestled in there somewhere my husband decides to book a two-day course called Inner Engineering. It's taught by a yogi dude who like teaches you how to meditate and find joy from within, which could not be more ironic right now. So what have I learned? First, these are definitely great problems to have. World-class problems, and I embrace them all. I am so grateful. I don't tend to get angry or depressed or resentful in life in general. My negative feelings tend to show up as anxiety. When I get anxiety, typically I get into lockdown mode where I try to control little things around me to make myself feel better. So these are points in time where I decide to reorganize my closets or do a fit of gardening or pressure wash the outside of my house. What I'm trying to focus on now is how grateful I am to be overwhelmed with life and all the abundance of gifts I have. And I'm sure when we are bobbing around the ocean somewhere, I will laugh hysterically at the person I am at this very moment. Second, it reminds me to live in the present, which is also why I do these podcasts, even when I feel like I really don't have time. It forces me to memorialize the experience as it's happening, so I'll not only appreciate it, but I'll also remember it. You guys give me the discipline to make sure I'm accountable to that and taking the time to fully experience this transition and be more in the moment as it's happening. So thank you for that. Thank you for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, like, or share with another covert castaway. Fair winds for now.